in the book of Mark, studying our way through the gospel of Mark, we're calling this the gospel changes everything. Because what we find in the book of Mark is that by faith, when we, when we believe in Jesus, that everything in our life changes because of that. You know, something that I am very aware of in my life right now, because it just happens to be the stage of life that I'm in, is how fast kids grow, right? Like all the time, I look at my children and I think, gosh, you have grown so much so fast. Every so often, time hop will come up with some kind of, you know, some picture of the past. And maybe it was a year ago, maybe it was two, three years ago, maybe it was seven, eight, ten years ago even. And, and you see these pictures of things that happened in the past. And, and the thing that always gets me, right, is when I look at these pictures and I see how, how short, how small, how much littler our kids were. And I just think to myself, oh my gosh, they're growing so fast. Our oldest in particular is taller than me now. So like everywhere we go, people make statements about how, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you've passed up your old man or you're taller than your dad now. Even this morning, it's happened, right? Already at church, somebody has pointed out, he's taller than you now. And, and he is, thank goodness. I always wanted to be taller and, and I just wasn't dealt the genetic hand to get there. But I'm thankful that, that, uh, that, that Pike is taller than me now. But even at that, when I, when I look at him, when I look at our kids, we think, man, they're growing so fast. When you were growing up, did you have like the, maybe it was a, a doorway or a, a wall where you would stand and you would mark your height and over time you could, you know, there were those benchmarks. You could tell how tall you were getting. I, I, we had one set of friends that they did this on the backside of a door to like a, a coat closet in their home. And when they were moving, later on they sold that house, they took the door off the hinge and they took it with them. Like it was sacred to them, right? This door with all the, the markings of where their kids were and how the kids had grown over the years. The, the truth is this, healthy things grow. Healthy things grow, they just do, right? When, when, one, of our, when, when one of our kids was younger, he broke his leg and when we went to the orthopedic appointments, the doctors told us, look, if we get the bone in the right place and we just get everything aligned the way that it's where it's supposed to be, this thing is going to heal itself because you can't stop it. They literally, what the orthopedist said is, he said it's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost uncanny how you can't stop it from growing back together. It will grow. It will heal itself. We've just got to make sure that we get everything aligned. And then even our, our older daughter right now has, she broke her arm a, a few weeks ago. And, and it was the same story again, right? It's like, look, it's going to heal itself. It's going to grow back together. We've just got to make sure that we get things all lined and immobilized the way we should and all of that because it's going to grow back together because healthy things grow. It's what they do. And we see that in our kids all the time. But in the passage we're going to look at this morning in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is using the parable. He's using the story of a sower who threw out his seed and where the seed fell. And he makes the point that some of the seed grew and some of the seed didn't grow. But the point is that it wasn't a matter of the seed. It was a matter of the soil that determined whether or not the seed grew. And so as we read through this text, what we're going to see is that we're the dirt, right? I mean, that's the point of this story that Jesus is telling, is that our lives, we're the dirt. 
And, and the question is not whether the seed will grow. The, the question is, is your heart ready to receive it? Is your life, the, if we can say it this way, the, the dirt of your life, are you ready to receive that seed? The seed, of course, here is the message of Christ. It's the gospel. And cultivate it in such a way so that it will grow in your heart. Healthy things grow. And so if our hearts, if our lives are healthy, if we are, if we are ready to receive that word, then, then it will grow. It will multiply and produce fruit in us. That's the point of what Jesus is teaching us here. So let's dig into this passage and let's look at this together. Now I'm not going to read, we're going to look at verses 1 through 20, but I'm going to focus first of all on the first nine verses because this is where Jesus initially tells the story. This is where he gives the parable and then the remaining verses are his explanation to his disciples later. And and so let's read verses one through nine of Mark chapter four together. Again, he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in sat it into the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed, and some seed fell on the path. Birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. And other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, one of the things that I find encouraging in this story is this. Jesus is teaching here, and he makes the statement, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, he's encouraging people. Look, what I'm teaching you may not be so plainly obvious, but if you are, if you are seeking after truth, if you are searching for truth, then you'll listen to this and you'll think on this. And even the disciples we see in the next verses, the disciples, there was some confusion among the disciples, the guys who followed Jesus every day, the guys who lived with him, who who had to say, basically, Jesus, what do you mean? What, are you, what, are you, what does this story mean? We don't get it. Isn't it encouraging to know that uh, sometimes even the disciples, even the people that walked closely with Jesus didn't get it? Because I'll confess, there are times that I, in my life that I know that God is doing something. I, I, I realize that he's up to something, but it's easy for me to say, I don't get it, God. What are you doing here? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to teach me? What are these, these circumstances or these events in my life? What are they trying to show me or tell me? I want to I listen. I want to do what you want me to do, but God, I don't get it. Well, the disciples went to Jesus and he gave them an answer. And I take heart in that because when I'm confused, I know I can go to Jesus and I can, I can just be honest. God, I don't understand. I don't get it. But there's truth there waiting for me if I will be receptive and if I, will be, uh, if I will be available and listening. And so verse 10, when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. For those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive 
and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he says, do do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Jesus is telling his disciples, his followers, listen, I'm teaching in parables. The reason I'm teaching in parables, the reason I'm using these stories is because some will hear these stories and they won't understand and they won't listen, but others will hear and they they will receive. In other words, Jesus is saying that those who have no real interest in the truth are just going to dismiss this as a, as a story. But those who are focused on and intent on receiving a word from God will hear this, and because their hearts are ready, they will receive it. Again, it's pointing us back to the heart. That our hearts need to be right. You remember the childhood story of Goldilocks and the three bears? Goldilocks goes into the house of the three bears and she finds the, the, the beds and she's tired. She wants to lay down and rest and she lays in one and it's not right. And she lays in another and it's not right. And she lays down and, oh, this is just right. She eats the porridge, right? Some was too hot, some was too cold, but one bowl was just right. And the whole, the whole idea of that children's story is about things that are, you know, being just right, and at least in the sense of, Goldilocks is looking for what's just right. So much of the time in life, we look for things that are just right. We want just the right word, just the right story, just the right motivation, just the right song, just the right circumstance that will fit what we want. But what Jesus is saying is, look, it's not about you looking around and finding what's just right. Rather, it's about your heart being ready, that your heart would be right. Your focus shouldn't be so much on everyone and everything else, but rather on on yourself and on your heart. Is your heart ready to receive this word? And so I would even ask before we jump into this and dig deeper this morning, is your heart ready to receive this word? Are you distracted? Are you, are, are you listening to me but thinking about, you know, how's OU's secondary going to handle OSU's passing attack uh, next weekend, right? Are you listening to me and thinking about we've got this fall festival thing that's going on tonight and, and what time are we going to get here and how much we have to do this afternoon? Are you thinking about all the stuff that's on your plate at work this week? Or, are you distracted? Are you busy? Or are you ready to receive this word this morning? Jesus tells us this plainly. How the message is received is not about the message itself, but it's about the receiver of the message. May our hearts be ready to receive his word this morning. So he gives this explanation. There are four types of soil where the seed was sown. There are four types of soil where the seed was scattered. The first one is this, it's the path. And and I want us to see this morning that the path is a picture of busyness. As we look at, as we look at this and we understand what Jesus is saying here, for us, the path and, and the story that it tells is the story of busyness. And so the person whose heart would be representative of the path is the person who's too busy to listen. We all know these people, right? We all know the people who, who are too busy and they, and they don't listen. Does it ever frustrate you when you're talking to someone and, and they won't look up? They're just, you know, their eyes are glued to their phone. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and, and, and they're paying attention to that. Or, or maybe you're talking to them and they're, and, and they're watching the, the TV and, and they won't bother to turn it off and to listen. Or maybe it's somebody that, that, that they're giving you, outwardly they're giving you their attention, but everything about their body language just communicates that you, they're not there, right? You've lost them. They're, they're not paying attention. Look, busyness is a real thing in our world because we are so enamored with doing so many things. And the spiritual danger for us is that we can be so busy being busy that we never slow down and we miss entirely what it is that God wants to say and what he wants to do in our lives. I'm not saying that it's wrong to have a lot of stuff to do. I'm not. But we wear it as if it's some kind of a spiritual badge of honor. The busier I am, the more stuff I'm involved with, the more godly and the more spiritual I must be. And yet what we see in the book of Mark again and again is that Jesus would get away from the crowds. As the crowds pressed, he would, he would get away. He would, he would get by himself. He would get alone. He, he would observe the Sabbath. He would pull away from all of the busyness and the crowd and the distraction. It's a reminder to us that we need rest. We need to slow down. We need to unwind. We need to stop equating godliness with busyness. Because the truth is that we can become so busy that we never listen to what God has to say. And that's the picture of the path. The seed falls on the path, but the, the birds come and they, and, and they devour it. It's, the, the ground is so hardened that it doesn't even, the seed doesn't even sink in, right? It just, it, it's never received. It bounces off, essentially. Maybe you know somebody like this. Scarier yet, maybe, maybe you are like this at times. And you find that Satan and his, and, and, and his manipulations and his deceptions constantly distract you because you are so busy that you just don't have time to listen. You just don't have time to think. You know, it's interesting that one of the things that has been said of the reformer Martin Luther is that he made the statement that I'm so busy each day that I have to wake up and spend two to three hours with the Lord in prayer before I start my day. Now that's really, honestly, the exact opposite of how most of us think. Most of us, we think we're so busy, I have no time for the Lord. I'm so busy, I can't squeeze it in. There's no room for God in my life. There's no room for God in my world, in my family, because we're busy. We don't have time. We're exhausted. The problem is that when we, when we go down that path, when we make that mistake, we, we are like the path that Jesus speaking of here. We're, we're too busy to listen. The second type of soil that he talks about here, the rocks. And, and that's the, I see the rocks as a picture of cynicism. I see the rocks as a picture of, of the one who is cynical or the one who is too calloused to care, right? The rocks is the person that they think that they know it all. They think, yeah, 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 I've heard this. And, and, and they might even for a season, they might, they might listen. And for a season, there might be, uh, there might be some, some spiritual commitment. But the reality is their hearts are just calloused against it because they become cynical. 
This also is a real problem. This is, and in fact, I, I think that this is particularly a problem for people who have been in the church for a long time. Like if you grew up in the church, if you were raised going to church, you were one of those people that were there all the time. It's easy to become cynical because somewhere along the way, it's easy for us to turn our faith into a list of do's and don'ts, rules, legalism, right? We got to say the right things. We got to wear the right things. We got to do the right things, listen to the right things, go to the right places, play all the right games, check all the right boxes. But it just becomes a game. And we become cynical. We become hard-hearted against that. And that's really what this soil represents here, right? It's the, the seed that fell among the rocks. It, it tells us, Jesus says this, that for a season they heard it but, and they received it with joy. This is verse 16. They heard the word and immediately received it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure it for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So they might receive the word, and for a season there might be, there might be small signs of fruit. There might be small signs of, of change. There might be, but it's because it's ultimately because it's about moral, uh, moral goodness and not about true surrender. Then ultimately when things get hard, when when, when persecutions, when trials come, they fall away. There are so many people in churches today, and I, and I worry and pray about even perhaps so many people in our church, that for you, it's all about, it's all about morality, right? And we turn faith into a moral position. Do these things and do these things well. In fact, to do these things so well that you do them better than everybody else, and we make it all about being good and not about the true heart of surrender. The rocks is this picture of cynicism. And if, if I were to be honest, for me, this is probably my greatest struggle. Because my whole world, my whole life revolves around my family and church. I mean, that's, that's it, right? Like all of my time seems to go to those things. And, and that's, that's a good thing. I, that's the way it ought to be, I think. But the reality is that sometimes I can be so deeply ingrained in the things of our church that I need the reminder that I've got to step back. I can't let my heart become calloused to these things. I've got to, I've got to have... I've got to have thick skin, but a soft heart, right? That, that's a part of it. Maybe you can identify. Maybe you can relate. Jesus didn't die on the cross, understand this, to make us better people. Jesus didn't die on the cross because you were a, a bad guy or a bad girl and he wanted to make your life good. He died on the cross because you were dead, there was nothing you could do to save yourself from your sin. In fact, the harder you try, the worse things get, the deeper you sink. So we need to, we need to not fall into this trap of just being good people and becoming cynical. Because Jesus says when persecutions arise, when tribulation comes, these people fall away. When things get hard, they're, they're done. I didn't sign up for this. This isn't what I wanted. The third type of soil that he describes here are the thorns. And I think for us, the thorns gives us a picture of distraction. 
right? If the, if the path is about busyness, about being too busy to receive the word, if the rocks are about being too cynical, too calloused to pay attention, then the thorns are about being too distracted to care. There are people that are so enamored with the things of this world that they're oblivious to what God wants to do in their life. I think that's the picture of the thorns. It says that it fell in the soil. Jesus says that this, this fell into the soil. And they hear the word, verse 18, but then in verse 19, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Why does it prove unfruitful? Is it because the seed was no good? No. The message, again, the seed here is the gospel, right? The, the message itself has the power to transform. But it's about, it's about the, the soil where it fell. And the seed that fell among the thorns was choked out. If this is us, then our lives are so distracted by other things, right? Maybe you've, maybe you've wrestled with this. Maybe you've identified this in, in your own life at times, that you can become so focused on chasing after the wrong things, right? That we can get so focused on pursuing the wrong things. And we do this even in the context of the church. Prosperity gospel and some of those things that tell us that if you're following Jesus, then you're going you're gonna to have all these things that you could want, right? Life's going to be great and you're going to have, listen, everything's going to be great. You're going to have the, the, the money, the house, the, the, the lifestyle. All of it's going to be great. If you're just following Jesus, you're going to get that blessing. But that's not the, the gospel that Jesus presented. He doesn't promise us a future that's free from struggle, from worry, from persecutions, trials, sufferings, and those things. Rather yet, what he tells us is that in the midst of all of that, we'll never be alone. But there are many who are too distracted to hear that message. It gets lost in all of the busyness, in all of the, all of the, the, the chaos, all of the other things that are happening. You know, when, when kids are little, if you show them a shiny penny, if you were to show them a, a really shiny penny and say, look, you could have this shiny penny or I could give you this piece of paper and this piece of paper could be perhaps the ledger for a bank account that has an enormous amount of money in it. And, and if you allow that child to, to choose, what do you want? Do you want this piece of paper or do you want this shiny penny? The kid's going to pick the penny, right? Because it's shiny, it's attractive, it looks so good, and oh, I want to hold that, and I hold oh, that, you know. But that's what we do with our faith. We would trade away all the riches that God has to offer us. And I don't mean physical wealth, right? You understand that. But we would trade away the riches of knowing Christ, all the goodness, all the satisfaction that comes from knowing Him for momentary pleasures that may look shiny and good, but ultimately are worthless. You know that penny isn't even worth the money that it's made out of? It costs more to make it than, than, than what it's actually worth. And yet we would trade something shiny and pretty. We would trade the things of this world that look like they would satisfy. They look so good and so appealing, but it's fool's gold because it won't sustain us and it won't satisfy us. And the sad reality is what we traded away for is something that's of 
infinite worth. Why? Because we're distracted. Because it's right in front of us, and we can see it, we can touch it, and it seems so appealing. And yet Jesus promises us something so much better if we would just trust him and believe. And then the final type of soil, the fourth type of soil, is just what we're going to call fertile soil. It's the good soil. And what does Jesus say that happens? Growth happens. The seed takes root and it multiplies because this is a picture for us of multiplication. The fertile soil is is that person who would receive the message of the gospel and it would take root in their heart and it would multiply, Jesus says in verse 20. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Now that is so important. They hear it, they accept it, and then they bear fruit. Let's not dismiss that because that's an essential part of what Jesus is saying here. They hear it, they accept it, and they bear fruit. What's the proof that they have received the word? What is the proof that they have truly, that the, the, in, in this context, that they're a good soil? It's that they bear fruit. The proof is in what's produced, right? And he says, they bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. The point is this. A healthy response to the gospel produces multiplication, produces growth. Healthy things grow, right? And a healthy response to the gospel will yield spiritual fruit in your life. You will grow. If you receive it, if your heart is ready to receive that word, if you're ready to to follow through in obedience and walk with Christ, then you will receive that word and it will produce fruit. Not it could produce fruit, not it might produce fruit, it will produce fruit in your life. Because healthy things grow. It multiplied is what Jesus says. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. That's a pretty good investment, isn't it? Like if you could grow the money that you're setting aside for retirement or your kid's college fund, if you could grow that 30-fold, you would think that that was pretty awesome. If you could grow it 60-fold, you would think, I'm a junior Warren Buffett, right? If you could grow it 100-fold, you would think, it's time to retire. <laughs> let's, just, let's just keep going with this investment thing. I've got the golden touch. Like if you could, if you could produce that kind of result, you would think, this is amazing. I, we're going to be rich even though he's not talking about money, Jesus is talking about something here that's of far greater worth anyway. He's saying, look, if your heart is receptive, if you're ready to receive this truth, it will produce fruit. It will produce growth and change and your life will multiply. Why? Because we talk about the things that matter to us. Because we, we can't help but share with other people about the things that are important to us. We talk about it. Our kids, our lives, our sports teams, our hobbies, our, 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 our passions. We, we just naturally, those things, they're part of us. They come out of us. What he's saying is, if, if our lives are centered around Christ, one of, the, one of the evidences, one of the ways that we'll know is because we'll grow and we'll produce growth as well. We'll multiply. Our lives will multiply. And so the question that we have to consider, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, which one of these is me, right? Like, am I, am I the person that, 
Am I the person that tends to be so busy that, I, that, I, that I'm not listening? Or do I tend to be the person that is cynical and calloused? Maybe I'm the one that's distracted. Like I, I know that there's something there, but I'm, I'm just distracted because I want all the wrong things. Or are we the fertile soil? Are we ready to receive that word? Are we ready to let it sink in in our hearts and produce fruit 30, 60, 100 times over in our lives? God wants to do his work in your heart. I hope that's what you hear when you, when you hear Jesus tell this story. God wants to do his work in your heart. But the question is, is your heart ready to receive it? In a moment this morning, we're going to have a time of response, a time of invitation. And in that time of invitation, if God is speaking to you today, maybe he's, got a, maybe he's spoken to you and, and, and he's got something that he's pressing on your heart. I, I want to encourage you. Our staff will be here at the front. We would love to pray with you, to, to encourage you and counsel you in some way. If, if we can just to let you know that you're not alone, let you know that God wants to do his work in your life. Maybe you want to come and you just want to kneel here at the altar this morning. And you just want to bring that burden before God. Maybe what it is is that the Lord's just pressing on you the weight of conviction. He's just showing you that sometimes you're, you're wanting all the wrong things, or sometimes your heart is just too calloused, or sometimes you're too busy to listen. And today you want to admit that before him and confess that to him. Maybe, maybe even this morning God is, is pressing this truth on your heart, that there's never been a time in your life where you've received him. There's never been that moment where you've received by faith the word of the gospel, you've received by faith that message and you've trusted in him. Would today be the day that you're ready to surrender your life? It's not about being perfect. It's not about being good. It's not about knowing all the right things. It's about cultivating that soil of your heart, being open and ready and willing to receive so that God can do his work in you. Not the work that you do for him, but the work that he does in you by faith. And you trust in him. I want to ask if you would, that you would bow your heads and you would close your eyes with me now. I want this prayer that I'm about to pray, I want this to be a a real moment of introspection. I want this to be a real moment of, of personal reflection where we prepare ourselves to respond to what God wants to say and do in us this morning. Would you pray with me?